0: Hey guys, Montel here, and welcome to this edition of Let's Be Blunt with Montel. My guest today started his career working for Ohio State Speaker of the House, Vern rife in the Ohio's 114th General Assembly. He then spent 25 years in broadcasting, with a high point being nationally syndicated. For a blues radio show that ran in about forty markets across the country from 1994 to 1998, and after an accident and twenty surgeries, he was permanently disabled and has found relief through medical cannabis. He's, staunch, he's a staunch patient advocate and currently serves as the executive director of the Ohio chapter of Normal. Mr. Simon Dunkel, welcome to Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Thank you so much for being here today, sir.
1: Thank you, Montel. Uh, Much respect. I I have uh, watched you for years, and uh, it's great to finally be in, quote unquote, the same room, I guess.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we are in, in, in a way. We definitely are. At least we're in the same forum together. Well, look, we have so much to talk about. Let's get started a little bit about, why don't you tell me exactly where you were coming to me live from right now?
1: Well, I'm at the Cannabis Museum in Athens, Ohio which uh, is, is a fantastic place. Um, basically, the history of cannabis, um, you know, and showing everything pre-1937, uh, 25,000 uses in all, um, over 10,000 years of use um, as a plant in various and the sundry ways, which I'm sure you know most of.
0: Absolutely. And I'm, and I'm sure that it covers on the fact that, you know, it's, it does just show the fact that cannabis was one of the reasons why America became so successful as a country.
1: Correct. And it's one of the, it's, you know, one of the few, or only plants I know of that could actually, you know, save the planet, um, you know, with, with, with carbon and, and, you know, leaching soils and, and things like that. I mean, there's so many different ways that this plant can do things for humanity and the fact that, you know, powers that be don't pay attention or don't want education or, or whatever the problem is, um, you know, that's where we have to come in. And, and you know, with Ohio Normal, um, I'm working with a Cannabis Museum just to sort of bring our history with us.
0: Yeah, I would love for you to, you know, when when we finish our interview, you know, you got to have one of your staff members take that camera of yours and just kind of shoot around a little bit, give us a little bit of a of a just a a sneak peek at what's inside of the museum, and that'll promote it so that people will know they go to Ohio. Where's it located at?
1: It's in Athens, Ohio, on Canaanville Road.
0: Athens, Ohio. I'm sure, you know, for you know, for a podcast like this one, I would love for our viewers to if they happen to be going through Athens, Ohio, to drop in and take a look, because I've been talking about this so much on the show, I try to cover as much history as I possibly can about the plant, and I'm glad that there's a physical location that people can go and 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 actually enhance their own knowledge.
1: Yep, Don Wurchapter chapter um, is the one responsible for this. Um, he's got an archive of over ten thousand artifacts, um, it's just an amazing uh, group of you know facts and, and education um and photographs and and you know raw examples and it's 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 really you know i guess you call it somewhat of a working museum and that you know it, it shows the mechanics of, of how hemp was processed and and uh you know go through the history
0: wow well, um, you know i tell you what maybe what you can do for us is that you know at a future date let's come back if you happen to, if you can get back into the same location maybe you can take us on a little tour and you know talk to the curator and say maybe if he wants to be on we can have him on and Let's talk through that history. I think people need to know it.
1: Almost oh, definitely. Well, you know, it's sort of what I did with Ohio Normal. I mean, I don't mean to skip off subjects on you, but, no. uh, you know, Ohio Normal um, has a, an interesting history. Um, colorful is probably a, a, a term. Um, and what happened was uh, Normal National uh, came to me and said, we'd like you to be the executive director of Ohio Normal. They did that because I proved that the Ohio medical marijuana license is strictly for purchase, not use. Um, That meaning, you know, when you do the transaction in the dispensary, that is covered. But when you hit the door, it's 1974. You know, legal jurisdictions can do whatever they want. State agencies, state groups. Um, It's a scarlet letter license, and it's just disgusting. And they know they did it. You know, they know.
0: Well, well, before we get to that, because we are going to get to that, let's back up a little bit and talk a little bit about your past. That you worked for, worked in the General Assembly and came from a family of lawyers, judges. So you know a little thing or two about the law and your civil rights.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I worked for Vern Reif, uh, Speaker of the House, Paige uh, page and aid. Um, used to drive me back and forth to his house, um, worked in conference committee with Carl Shoemaker um, on his behalf, um, I'm maybe a year and a half, two years at the most. But, you know, it came to the point where I realized I had some morals and scruples and such. And uh, I left and ended up living in my car for four months and finding a career in radio in Wyoming.
0: Wow. And that career in radio led you to a pretty lengthy lengthy career. And you you had a blues show. Is that right?
1: Correct. Uh, Blues Jam with Peter Simon was the name of it. And uh, it's a two-hour program, um, basically using features uh, to get the audience to hang around. Uh, you wouldn't know what was in the feature, but you knew the feature would be there, um, sort of the gimmick. But uh, Who Took What From Whom is probably one of the most popular ones, which, you know, wow. the original and remake and then jamming on a subject because there's three songs about everything yeah. <laughs> in the blues. Um, and, you know, Blues Artists of the Week, Women of the Blues, X-Handler of the Week, you know, things like that.
0: Is it still available anywhere that people could listen to?
1: No, it's not. No, it's not. I haven't. Uh, after that syndication deal, I kind of, you know, I did a couple more things and then got out of radio and had kids and went a different direction of life. So I'd love hey, to get you back into it.
0: Me, but, it was after that radio career that you had your accident, right?
1: Actually, during, I guess you could say. Um,
0: Tell us what happened.
1: Well, I was working for WCBE in Columbus, a public radio station owned by the school board. And uh, the Kinsey Report, the Chicago Blues Band, came to town. And uh, the whole band was there with their father and everything. So and he played with Bob Marley Marley's bassist, I do believe. And it was one of those special nights you want to catch on tape. So I was asked by uh, Bruce igular at Alligator Records to record the concert and um, got a rack-mounted digital audio tape player, weighed about 45 pounds, and uh, took it to the thirsty year here in, uh, up in Columbus and uh, stepped on the wet, grassy knoll. And that was kind of the last step. Um, stuffed my coccyx into my lumbar. Oh, God. That was that was it. Didn't drop the deck, but, you know, it <laughs> wow. was the end of the lower spine. And then that, you know, 23 years later, here I am. But uh, And that
0: during that 20-year, three-year period of time, you've ended up going through how many surgeries?
1: Uh, 20 plus. I mean, I, I honestly stopped counting. Um, I had three back surgeries in six months. Um, all were botched. Um, the doctor wouldn't give me pain meds after the surgery. So after having fusions to my spine, I was sent home without pain relief. Uh, oh, shredded, I shredded my, you know, my pillowcases and sheets and everything with my toenails and fingernails, <laughs> and mm-hmm. they, they botched that surgery, and I had to go back in for a second one a month later, and died during that surgery and had to be resuscitated, and then um, due to the fact they didn't finish everything during that second surgery, when I fell in February of '16, I got a compound fracture at L3, which is now a reoccurring fracture. Two of the fusions have come apart, bulging discs, herniated discs, um, pedicle screws that are broken in half and just sort of laying there like debris. And then the uh, main fusion screws are bent and uh, deteriorating. So.
0: Oh my God, and they put you, then they did put you on medication, right?
1: Oh, morphine, Vicodin, Soma, Seroquel, and fentanyl. Raising two sons by
0: myself. And I guess you must've gotten a divorce during that period of time or? Well, the
1: divorce came when uh, basically I went and quit all the medications and starting using marijuana. At The behest of Dr. Ross at Grant Hospital in Columbus. Um, and then the domestic relations court called me in while we were going through the divorce, cut my hair and, and called me a drug addict for smoking marijuana and gave my kids to my ex-wife.
0: Well, but cannabis was legal at that point in time, was it not? No, it wasn't. Oh, my goodness. But you were in oh, were...
1: 2009 area.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. So they labeled you a drug addict, took your kids away. Correct. Later on now, when did cannabis finally become legal medically in Ohio?
1: Gosh, I guess it, it's been five years at this point. So 2018, 2017, 18. Um, yeah. And are right. you able testifying to testify in the legislature back about 2012?
0: Well, you, you had turned to medical marijuana back in 2009. So 2015, and now it becomes legal. I mean, I, I guess it just seems so ridiculous that. And the courts made the decision that they made where now they would not make that same decision, or would they?
1: Um, It's Ohio. I mean, you just don't know what they're going to do. I mean, it's really a nightmare in the state. Um, You know, the FBI came out last year and called this the most correct political system in the country. So I I would have to concur with that Um, because, I mean, you know, they, they do these things where, you know, like with gambling, they came out it failed. They took everybody in the back room and made a deal. You know, the issue three failed. They went, you know, the marijuana issue. They went in the back room, made a deal. Now we have medical marijuana, which is just uh, uh, scary. I mean, that's the best word for it because it's just nefarious in its, in its existence.
0: Well, let's slow down for a second. Let's go back. So, how does medical cannabis help you? What's it done for you? Oh my
1: gosh! Well, I went from thirty-eight medications to eight. Um, you know, I quit wow. uh, the morphine, Vicodin, soma, Seretide, cold turkey. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just it's for me, it's like a. a, a I don't know if you're familiar with a nerve block, but sure. it's similar to that. in the fact that it's a mental block for me, I can focus on other things. I can write, I can create, I can, you know, uh, concentrate, read, you know, do things I can't normally do because I've had, you know, those 20 plus surgeries, procedures are, ankles, knees, you know, spine, shoulders, I have a hernia. So there's pain coming from every direction in my body yeah. and, um, it's, it's, it becomes my never matter, but the marijuana really, the cannabis really is, is the kicker that, you know, lets me cope, you know.
0: So now when the, the law finally passed and changed, did that reverse the decision about your custody or did it change anything about that? Or did that just stayed in its place?
1: Not at all. I mean, I, I walked around with uh, copies of the state and federal constitution in the Grandview Heights School District in Columbus daring superintendent of schools, principals, teachers you know, to cross me and take me to court because I didn't recognize the county court decision. And, you know, I would show them how I qualify to see my kids as a regular citizen and a disabled citizen and why that, you know, I don't have to recognize the county court decision. And if they did, we'd end up in federal court with a discrimination lawsuit and it would cost them $10,000 to talk to (laughs) me. So they uh, listened, didn't do anything, and I was in contempt of court for 12 years without being hauled in.
0: That's great. But now let's talk a little bit more about just what's going on in Ohio. I mean, so they have transitioned to a medical marijuana state, yet they still arrest patients once they walk out the door of a dispensary.
1: Correct. Um, and they did that. I mean, there's one case where there was a family in Salina, Ohio, uh, parents and two kids uh, with licenses, went to the dispensary. Each parent went in without the child, came back to the car with their you know, medication, got in the car. Two blocks away, got stopped with the police. They had Job and Family Services in tow. Took the kids on site. Um, took them three years to get the kids out of foster care. They ended up with five years of community service for going to the dispensary.
0: Well, that I mean, how does how does that? You've got experience in the legal system and experience in the legislature. I mean, how does that how does that go down in a state that has a clear mandate for medical cannabis?
1: Right there is the first flag of it's for purchase, not use. Because if it was for use, that would have never happened. You know, and the state has done nothing as far as putting any anti-discrimination or limitation on agencies or anybody else. The mantra with these people is you don't recognize the license, the medication, um, or, uh, the system that it's functioning in. And that's county court, state court, hearing board, um, you know, everybody.
0: But explain to me how that can be if it's a law that's on the books.
1: I can't. That's the problem. Can anybody? Pardon me? I said, can anybody
0: explain that?
1: Um, I haven't heard anybody yet. I mean, I, I spoke with Ethan, constituent relations in Governor DeWine's office, and he literally laughed at me and told me that I was right. And the only way I could change it would be ballot referendum or the legislature. And, you know, my pivot is class action lawsuit or federal injunction. Because you sold a license to people, took the money—probably about twenty-eight million dollars—if they paid fifty bucks a head, right? Five hundred sixty-six thousand people, and it was a false pretense. And people view it like it's a fishing license. You know, you can eat the fish, right? Well, you can't smoke the weed. I mean, you can, but you know, you're at risk just like you were without it. And you know, the, the money that the states made in this whole situation makes that first energy fraud look like a picnic. Because, I mean, they've set up a whole system where they've money, made money off of everybody. You know, the cultivators, the, the, the dispensaries, it, the whole line of money. And it's all basically a fraud because it's for purchase and not use. And then we've got the quality of the medication. You know, the the, the edibles, and the medication, there's no oversight from the health department. So we have no idea what's in this stuff. And then when you try to test it, there's a codicil in the law that if you test your product, you could be arrested.
0: Whoa, 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 whoa! What is explain us.
1: That's that. It's there. You know, you, you take a look. <laughs> it's, you know, I mean, it's like I can't. I'm not allowed to take pictures inside the dispensary, yet I did, because there was a sign that read, "The health department is not involved with processing, you know, food or medication in this program. Food allergens are present." I don't like. It's sensitive. like to him, see it, but yeah, and I could be arrested for having that photograph and haven't taken it.
0: And. If you went out and did a third party testing on your product and came back with results, they could actually prosecute you for that?
1: At least revoke my
0: license at the minimum, yes.
1: Violating the program.
0: How are Ohio residents, you know, uh, navigating this craziness? Well,
1: uh, Ohio State um, and the state paid for this uh, has done an annual study. Um, It's in its fifth year and they're compiling the study right now um but they can only compile the information they can't advocate so that's where we come in Um, we want to take those five years of studies and
0: it's we meaning normal we meaning normal we meaning
1: normal yeah Um, Um, take those five years worth of studies and you know speak the truth in reality what the study says because the the legislature just construes it in their direction they're they're not concerned about the truth reality the patients or any of them and they keep proving that point um president pro tem of the Senate got up in front of the Senate bill nine committee and stated that, uh, you know, only 50% of the licenses aren't being used yet. Uh, the actual reality from the study is it's 72% of the licenses aren't being used, which I think right there tells you, Hey, if the obvious thought is I can smoke marijuana, if I have this license, doesn't matter where I get it from, no one can touch me. And that is not the case.
0: So now even though there's a medical program that's in existence people can get a license that they had to pay for they can go into a dispensary they can buy the product but if they walk out of the store with the product then they can be arrested. correct
1: or harassed by state agencies bureau book rehab won't work with me Has declared me unemployable because of my marijuana use uh-
0: and and how about, do you have access to other medical services in the state?
1: Problem is I've been to six hospitals in three cities and they are discriminating against me with all their power. Um, Cleveland Clinic being the latest. Um, I had a meeting with my primary care physician trying to organize my issues uh, last week and he said that the Cleveland Clinic is regressive when it comes to marijuana use and that's my problem. And.
0: But I, I, I thought the Cleveland Clinic was doing some studies on marijuana, were they not?
1: I, I do not know. I've asked them, I've, I've approached to basically help use the Cannabis Museum's archives to, to show them, you know, ways it can be used and has been used, interactions, you know, things like that. And they basically tell me to put it in a written form and submit it to their board and they'll get back to me. And there's nothing going on. I, I mean, I've approached their ombudsman, I've approached their executive officers. Um, you know, I, I have a really severely injured spine and they have blocked me from spine recovery therapy. And I've offered to quit the marijuana, but yet they won't let me in the program. They've turned me down twice. They used the same MRI for nine months and gave me four different diagnoses to just run me off. And then recently I had a back issue, went to Avon Hospital and that group of doctors was jumping up and down and tried to have me admitted immediately to Maine for surgery and help. And Maine turned around and said, no, come see us in July. So that's what's happening. 12th of July, I'll see the spine surgeon, and uh, we'll find out if they're going to do anything. But uh, Dr. Malecki, the head of neurology for the Cleveland Clinic, has already said I'm operable on all my surgeries. So apparently I'm just supposed to sit here and hum. (laughs) But uh, I'm going to see if I can't get at least the shoulder done and
0: go from there. So, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy how they they've literally are basically holding you hostage in a way they want you to buy the product so that they can make tax dollars. But then they want to also be able to arrest you so they can make some money off the digital system. Correct. And, and the thing is,
1: is that, you know, there's different um, actions from different uh, legal venues, you know, uh, jurisdictions, uh, for example, the highway patrol on, on the freeway uh, considers that federal land, federal pavement. So they will arrest you for a federal drug charge, no matter you got a medical marijuana license or not. Um, You know, same thing with park rangers, uh, that kind of thing. Um, There's decrim in, I do believe it's 36 cities around the state at this point, but it's not coverage for the whole state. And you know, you run through Facebook and and the sheriff departments around the state. You know, they're still boasting about their busts, you know, celebrating them on 420 and things like that.
0: And, and, you know, now, are you getting any support from national, normal, or from outside organizations? Has anybody stepped in to figure out how unconstitutional this really is?
1: Well, you know, I've, I've just started working with Normal over the last six months when they offered to give me the chapter. Um, I, I did talk to them about making a declaration. Um, and the response I got was, well, we're giving you the organization. You make the declaration. You make the run up the hill and prove your points as, you know, executive director for Ohio. So that's the process I'm in.
0: So they're basically dangling you out there by yourself. Well, I was dangling
1: as much as, you know, I guess letting me letting me do it for myself, you know. I don't even bring up the pointer sisters, but you
0: know, <laughs> sure. you know uh, and are you getting are you how about how is the citizenry of Ohio responding to this? Are they coming behind you or are they just being quiet or no are people You're, actually, to go you're actually our fir- first
1: public performance other than compass this past past weekend our, our first public uh, you know conversations mm-hmm. um, I had just gotten the chapter um, we started talking in December finally got to logo on all the paperwork about a month ago um, and I, I took this whole project this is my fourth organization in the state of Ohio since 2009 um, I've been advocating in the state house since 2012 um, and I you know they gave this to me I was stunned because that's not the normal function you can't just gives one chapter, right? But that's essentially what they did. So I had to sit back for a minute and think, okay, what am I going to do with this because of the craziness and failures previously that, that have been through the state of Ohio, with the payoffs, and all this crap. Um, I wanted to do it right with the right people. So what I did is I went back and got the OGs of the OGs, you know, um, about a hundred plus years of normal experience in Ohio. Uh, Don chapter curator of Camps Museum, attorney, uh, Cliff Barrows, uh, former normal.
0: Uh, but you've got to have the support of the industry in Ohio, do you not? Yes,
1: and that's, that's what we're approaching. Um, I've got my uh, board of directors, and we're working on an advisory board that includes members of the community that are working in the medical marijuana program in Ohio as an advisory board, also as an educational arm. And um, we're also charging them a a, a rate to be on that board so that we can have the money to function as an organization. You know, we're meant to be a patient's rights and advocacy and consumer rights organization. Um, You know, the mission is is, uh, uh, getting what we have out of, you know, getting getting what we want out of what we have, basically. Um, And and that's what we're doing. I mean, we've got what we have and we try to change it to something that's, Ethical, moral, <laughs> and acceptable. I mean, we want.
0: Are you going to have to? Are you going to have to go down the ledge, the lawsuit way, to get this at least um, addressed? Uh, pardon me, I didn't get the last. Minute. Are you going to have to? I mean, you're going to have to file a lawsuit against the state to get this addressed. Well,
1: I mean, when you have the constituent relations people at Dwine's office laugh at you and tell you that you can only do it through ballot referendum or going to the legislature. I don't see an alternative other than possible class action or some sort of injunction whether it's state or federal court. But the problem you have when you start going to court in Ohio, uh, like there was with the decrim issue, it went to court, and basically every social situation from there on out that someone would try to make change was affected by the way that the judgment came down on the decrim stuff so that it, it makes it harder for people to change things by the way that that judgment was written and executed. So we got to think about that angle that the state's using to basically, okay, we'll give you this one. But the next time you try it, this council is going to be involved and, you know, it's going to be that much harder for you. I mean, 8th of August, we vote on minority rule in Ohio. Um, You know, you have to have 60% of the vote to get anything passed on the ballot or through.
0: But now what would your ballot be? The ballot would be to go ahead and and adhere to the law that has already passed and put in place? I don't i don't understand where how how do you battle this
1: that's the thing we're trying to figure out i mean that that's where we are and you know we are currently discussing class action lawsuit and injunction um you know we we want to gather the patient stories and add those to the studies that are being done annually um, by doug bourbon and Deepa at ohio state and school of law Um, and then basically turn the information on the legislature and say hey this is you know this is all your study and this is what we're finding are you, are you gonna change this or are we gonna be forced to go to court to change it?
0: What can folks at Ohio do to help make a difference? Honestly, call your legislators,
1: you know, tell them why did you create something that's gonna get me arrested? It's gonna destroy my family. It's gonna give you the opportunity to, you know, be the heavy, be the big brother. You know, you're setting people up. You know, here's your marijuana. Oh, by the way, here, here's, here's your handcuffs. You know, and it's just—it's not—it's not ethical, it's not moral, it's not constitutional, and I can't believe that the feds haven't stepped in and done something with this. Because you know the way Ohio did it in the first place—they basically went to the schedule of substances and said, "Oh, we like that one," and pulled out marijuana and made it a schedule two in Ohio. I don't know any state that's ever gotten away with changing federal law. But they-
0: oh, I think the state of Nevada did um, change the scheduling of cannabis. And it hasn't reverberated internationally, but I guess or nationally. But I guess if Ohio gets in, could follow that same track. Um, Nevada state law did uh, change their their um, status.
1: Right. Well, and that's and that's the thing is that, you know, how do you do that and then take no action? So we have this legal chasm in 40 states between state law and federal law. And it seems like they're using it as a way to just crush people in their lives for using marijuana. Because the Feds aren't moving on anything,
0: and but now you got an industry, you have an active industry in Ohio that's making money that is paying taxes. What are what are the other industry representatives doing to help move or to, to help fix this issue? Um,
1: I, I haven't seen a whole lot. Honestly, it's it's more about making more money and getting more power. Um, they've put up regulate marijuana like alcohol, um, which they're trying to get signatures for. There's House Bill 168, uh, there's the amendments for Senate Bill 9, uh, which is the you know correction bill for the state program as it stands now. There's an anti-discrimination amendment attached to that. Um, I spoke to the ranking Democrat on the subcommittee having those hearings now, and they told me that I was trying to Noah's Ark the bill <laughs> um, by wanting the health department involved and wanting, you know, all the things basically we started to discuss here um and you know to me that implies there's a flood there's a problem but they don't want to you know they don't feel like you can get through the legislature if you put too much in it that you know it's not gonna it's not gonna surpass the political you know construing of the legislature in the senate in the house and the senate
0: but see I'm, I'm i'm a little confused when you say put too much in it all you want them to do is adhere to the law that they already passed that said that medical cannabis was legal.
1: You know, I'd like it for use.
0: I'd like to be able to use it without getting arrested. And and, and it, it doesn't it just says it's legal for sale but it doesn't say it's legal to use. Well no, that's the thing is that it's not
1: written out. I mean, that's the thing. You've got 72% of the licenses out there right now are not being used. And that's the Ohio state study that says that. So obviously the common thought it when everybody is, "Oh, I bought this license from the state, so I can use this freely openly, it doesn't matter where I get it." And, and that's not the case, um, and, and, you know, that's the perception. Though. And, you know, the, the state, I mean, if you look at the whole thing in the big picture and what they've done over the, all these years, you know, there was intent, there was, you know, motive action. I mean, it's all, it's just stunning. I mean, they just, they did it. You know, they gave us a license to use or not use, but, you know, purchase and not use, and it, over and over again, it comes up. I mean, EMS transportation, I was denied EMS transportation in November 21 because the guy knew i was a medical patient and didn't approve of it and ems shouldn't get to tell me i can't get to the hospital because he doesn't like weed correct so absolutely uh, you know it just it, it just keeps going and that it's the it's the disease that keeps on giving you know the disease of corruption and
0: is there is are you getting any support from outside of the state of ohio no
1: not yet not yet i mean like i said i've just started all this and you are our first, you know, public interaction other than Comfest this last weekend, which we didn't advertise. We had about forty-five people there, and uh, it's the first audience I've left slack-jawed in my career. So, you know, they couldn't believe it either. And um, I, I honestly don't. I mean, I'm not necessarily numb from it. I consider myself a stoic, so you know, not a lot gets to me.
0: But I mean, I guess I guess, Here's here's where I'm coming from. It's like if there is an active, robust program of selling cannabis in the state of Ohio. So there are people who are selling it. The people who are receiving it are they just sneaking home to use it on their own, and or or uh, uh, it's clearly part of the state. So how um, I, I'm I'm missing something here? It's like um, th- 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 does the does the consistency understand their plight, or do oh. they not care? No, they
1: don't. No, they don't. And that, that's the big problem. That's why we're here to sort of promote that point because this is just a grand setup. I mean, that's all this has been. And now they're you know, saying that with the great success we've had with our medical marijuana control program, let's do a recreational. And of course, no. Um, and I've said since this thing started that they will never be a recreational program in Ohio. They'll just parasite the medical program until it's recreational and all you need to know from a doctor. And that's kind of where they're leaning. Um, other than this regulate marijuana like alcohol which is another complete and total <laughs> misappropriation of faith I mean they
0: but that would be that would be kind of like an adult use state so wouldn't that just solve the problem not at all
1: um, basically what they do uh, they' they want to herd people towards the dispensaries again with with regulate marijuana like alcohol um the, the the home grow or the way to do the home grow is it, it bureaucratically hamstrings you I mean you probably have to be an attorney to do it. Multiple licenses, uh testing certificates, certain number of plants in a certain Wait but oh you said you can't test. Well, no, that's the home grow. See, this is home grow. it's a whole different angle they're going at. So and and if you if you can't surmount all of the things they're going to require to do the home grow, well then you can do what I call the build a bear <laughs> weed program, which is you know, you pick the seed, the plant, whatever, and they grow it for you at the dispensary location, uh, process it for you and give it to you. And that's not really homegrown. It's the dispensary growing it for you. And right. that's what they're that's hurting people right. towards. They're making it so difficult to do and so such a nightmare to try. And they're hurting people back to the dispensary for homegrown. That's what it is.
0: That's so crazy. Anything else you want to add, my friend?
1: Oh, geez. No, I, you know, it, it, the thing is, is why don't we just do it? I mean, the rest of the country is in the stoned age and we're in the stone age. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't get it. And I, I don't understand how, uh, God bless her, you bring, you know, Brittany Griner back to this country, to a place that lets something like Ohio exist.
0: Right. So, you know, if you want people to help out or get involved, where do you want them to go?
1: Uh, actually go to the Cannabis Museum site, or you can email us at B O D at g- com.
0: Okay. Well, I hope you can you can break through this bureaucratic ridiculousness.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I talk about setting up a population. I mean, it just uh, and how they continually get away with it. And there's no reaction from the FBI or the Justice Department or, you know, Sherrod Brown or anybody like that. So
0: well, you're right. Or even Biden, who claims that he wants to figure out how to fix this. Yeah. I mean, I don't know
1: how you fix it when you ignore it. You know, I mean, Ohio is probably the worst, but it's not the only state doing this kind of thing.
0: Well, Simon, I got to thank you so much for being a part of the show today and, and helping us understand what's going on on the ground. I hope Ohioans will reach out to you to give you support of what you need to get this thing done.
1: Thanks very much, Montel. I enjoyed being on. I look forward to doing it again when we have some progress.
0: Absolutely, please. And keep us posted on what the progress is because I'd love to be able to talk about it. And again, like I said, I wouldn't, I would really like to have a look around in that museum. So, if you can get the curator to give us some information, we'd love to be able to have him on also. Sure,
1: you can pick up the computer right now and walk you around a little bit if you want to.
0: Well, yeah, you know, um, we'll I tell you that. what, let's do it this way: you shoot it first, then we can send it in, and Keith can do his magic to it and make it look all pretty. And stuff, we'll do right? that. We'll do that. Sure thing, sir. Well, thank you so much for being a part of the show today. I thank all of you for tuning into this edition. Of let's be blunt with Montel. Thanks for joining me on Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Please make sure you're subscribed and hit the bell to be notified when new episodes post each week. We'd love to hear your feedback also, so please send us your comments. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows.
1: I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.